Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to another interview. Nathan Chan here, CEO of Founder. If you want to know how to master YouTube ads in 2021 or beyond, we've got the YouTube ads goat. He spent over $30 million on YouTube ads. He's been using this platform pretty much since inception, since 2012. So if you want to know how to diversify your Facebook ad spend, you're getting killed on Facebook ads now. This guy is the best in the business. You have to watch this interview. All right, Tommy, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today. The first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? Man, 2007, I was uh, trying to find a way to provide for my family. And I always knew the internet was a way. And I didn't get any success until I started doing Google ads and affiliate marketing. That's really what allowed me to have my first success, you know, online, buying ads and everything like that. 2009, 2010. Google shut my account down. That was about 90, 95% of my income at the time. So it was pretty devastating. And so a buddy of mine was like, I got these guys that want you to run their ads for them. And I'm like, why would I run their ads, you know? And, uh, you know, uh, long story short, he was like, you know, they pay you. It's like an agency thing. That's how I got an agency game. I need to make some money. And so I kind of was good at this traffic thing and the numbers and everything. And I was able to, you know, these guys was like, we'll pay you to do hours. And I learned this agency game then. I kind of been off and on as an agency slash media buyer slash consultant ever since. Yeah. Uh, tell me about kind of how, how did you get started around, I guess, getting online? Like, like what, 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 what were you doing before that? 99 to 2007. 
I was in management and that was really my career. You know, I worked at Walmart for quite a few years. I actually joined their management training program. And then uh, I had a bunch of other management jobs. And then I ended up working at this company called Cash America. They own the most number of pawn shops of any company in the world. It ended up being a really uh, life-changing scenario for me. I learned a lot in that business about myself. One thing I did do in that pawn shop was eBay. They were not aware of eBay. And I was aware of eBay. And I ended up having this idea. I bought a camera, a camcorder. Back then, camcorders were the rage. I bought it for $20, but the problem with it was the door was jammed, so you couldn't put a new tape in or get it out, right? I sold it on eBay for $88. I was like, whoa, what's going on? So I just started doing a bunch of stuff with eBay. At one point, I think I was making about five or six grand a month on eBay. But when I left that company, that was my product. Like, that's how I got my product. And because I knew all of these managers at other stores and things like that, uh, when I left that job, there went my supply chain, basically, right? But that was another indication for me that the internet was like, all right, I know I can make money on this internet. So fast forward, like I said, 2007, you know what I mean? There are several instances where I knew the internet was the way, and I'm just going to go hardcore with this internet thing, and I'm going to make it work. I'm going to figure it out one way or the other, I'm going to make it work. And here we are. Yeah, wow, crazy. Man, thanks so much for sharing. So um, you said that in 2009, you started your agency, you started buying traffic, you were running Google ads. Now you really specialize in YouTube ads. Um, Why do you think YouTube ads are so powerful? You know, if you really look at TV and the way it changed, you know, global, the global culture globally, right? Because you got to understand, like, you and I on the other side of the world from each other right now. But even prior to the Internet, I knew what was going on on your side of the world. You knew what was going on on my side of the world. Why? Because TV. Prior to TV, I mean, yeah, you had radio, but you didn't have the visual, right? So it's the same idea. You're just putting TV in a digital format, you know, and – and it's accessible on multiple devices is really what video created. It basically took TV and expanded on that. And that's why, you know, it's so powerful. I mean, average people walking around with three or four connected devices on them. So it's just allowed us to connect with people on all of those devices in your car, on your arm, you know, glasses, phones, you know, tablets, everything. And, you know, you can hit someone with audio, video, the whole thing with, you know, and it's just YouTube, it gives you that capability unlike anything else that that really is out right now. You've had a lot of experience running YouTube ads. Uh, you know, we you've been doing it for over a decade now. Um, so you're one of the OGs. Uh, can you tell us some of the examples or some of the results or some of the crazy things you've done with YouTube ads for some of your clients? This guy, Kevin Kurgansky, the breakup doctor, he was kind of the first person that gave me the freedom to kind of do whatever I wanted. And so I had this idea that he, at the time he was running this VSL, it was like an hour and 10 minutes. So my idea was let's upload it to YouTube. Let's buy the little recommended ads over the recommended videos 
point that to that video on YouTube because the psychology of them being on the YouTube platform would bring their guard down. And at that time, YouTube had some called external link annotations with you connect your website to your YouTube channel and you can embed a clickable link right inside the video at any point and it can live as long as it wanted. And that was my idea. And I just thought, man, this could be so amazing. And this guy was like, if you say, I don't know, but whatever you say. And, you know, we basically probably within six months took him from five grand a month to a seven figure business run rate uh, in a really short amount of time. So naturally I was already working with other clients who wasn't giving me the freedom, but that allowed me to go to these other people and say, this is what I'm doing for this client. I want to do this for you. And now instead of them holding me down, they was really more because I had results to show them, give me the opportunity. And so I ran that play like three or four times uh, back to back. It just was going crazy. So Kevin, you know, really, you know, was the catalyst for that. Matter of fact, uh, I ended up working with this company, Organifi, and we ran that same play initially with their YouTube ads. And once again, it hit, it just out of the gate, it just, and that company, you know, I was able to help them with YouTube really catapult that brand up. And um, so I ran that play, God, man, I don't even remember how many times with clients, maybe about seven, eight times. Uh, I taught a lot of people that strategy. That was really the kind of the primary thing that I was teaching when I first started teaching YouTube ads was this, this strategy. So a lot of other people made a lot of money. I don't, I haven't tracked everyone, but I also had clients that I taught and not necessarily ran it for them that I coached them or consulted for that did that as well. But, oh man, that was amazing. So that's, you know, probably a good of, of what kind of led to this whole OG, if you will, right? I was teaching this, no one was talking about it. And that really opened up a lot of doors for me. So fast forward, you know, I, 500 startups with VC firm, they ended up reaching out. I did a bunch of work with them. I worked with a lot of their startups. Fast forward, I decided to become an investor. <laughs> Um, and that didn't go that well. I realized I, my pockets wouldn't be enough for that. So fast forward 2019, the current agency that I'm running, probably really late 2019, we kind of pivoted purely to YouTube ads. But prior to that, we were doing a lot of stuff, Facebook ads, building funnels, we was doing it all. Uh, but we were just seeing these, these opportunities with YouTube you know, kind of continue to um, pop up. And so we just kind of, you know, switched gears to that. One of our clients who was doing lead gen, we basically was able to take them on YouTube, really just blow that up three, four, five thousand dollars a day from scratch. Another one of our clients, Robbie Blanchard, uh, we have Robbie uh, basically go to, you know, eight figures. These are current things, right? So there's a lot of other things in there that I can't remember, but that'll give you, you know, some ideas from kind of the beginning, kind of up to now, if you will. Yeah, like you can use YouTube ads for not just lead gen info products, but also e-commerce, uh, service-based business, SaaS. You've done it all, right? For sure. Or, or I've coached or consulted 
I'm very selective about who we actually run the ads, the full done for you. But I've done quite a bit with companies who, you know, want to run their own and they just need the right game plan, the right blueprint, you know, the right playbook, if you will. So I kind of help them put that together. And now I've had every part of the spectrum you can think about. Fascinating. So let's go a little bit deeper on YouTube ads. Um, You know, we talk to some of the smartest marketers, fastest growing companies, founders, and a lot of people are saying, you know, that YouTube ads is kind of like, it's still early days, comparative like early days Facebook ads or, uh, you know, AdWords, Google ads, you know, like buying traffic there. And I'd love to get your take. I mean, I think a lot of people assume that it's hard. They also assume that, you know, because you need video, that they overthink, you know, creative. Because, you know, that that, that is a unique factor about YouTube is that you only can run video. So anybody that knows any of the smartest guys that are really doing numbers, buying ads, blowing their business up, whatever le- level of the spectrum that they're on, but they're really understand paid advertising. A lot of times the video is intimidating because I think people overthink what they need for that. And the reality is, is it's a lot simpler than a lot of people. So for that reason, I feel like a lot of companies are not taking advantage of it. Then you kind of got small to medium-sized businesses. And I would say, honestly, up to $50 million a year revenue, you got this huge bucket of companies that are that are just, you know, they don't have the resources or they don't think that they have the resources or there aren't agencies that are offering, you know, creative services along with the advertising to kind of close that gap because maybe they don't have the capability to produce, but, you know, maybe they don't want to bite it off but it's really not as hard as they think, but I get it. It's like another thing I got to keep up with, right? I'm a business owner. I already got a gazillion things and a million hats that I'm wearing. That's another thing that I'm, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Right. So I understand the thinking, but you know, it's, it's just, I just feel like people aren't really taking advantage of it yet because they telling themselves so many reasons why they aren't ready. And that's why I think it is still kind of early days because, you know, the number of advertisers on YouTube, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'd imagine Facebook probably got three to four times the advertisers than YouTube. And I would imagine, this is me, I don't have any data to prove this, it's just my opinion. I think probably only 30% of people with a Google Ads account that are running ads on Google are actually running YouTube ads. I've had conversations with reps at Google who say, you know, getting other advertisers to adopt YouTube is a challenge. It has been a struggle, but the company is putting a big focus on particularly, A, getting advertisers already using Google services to adopt YouTube and then getting other advertisers onto the platform that may not may not even be running YouTube. Maybe they're just running Google. So that's kind of where I'm getting. But this is my estimation. I think about a third of them uh, aren't doing it. And then, you know, I would say Facebook just got way more people advertising Facebook versus YouTube. Now, in terms of Google as a whole, 
there are a lot of advertisers on Google, but I would imagine that maybe maybe a third of them are actually running YouTube ads. So that's kind of what my that's my opinion. Again, there's no facts to support that. That's just what I think. That's really interesting um, because yeah, when you think about it, uh, you know everybody's running Facebook ads. Everybody, you know, there's a there's an aura like you know Facebook ads can change the game, and then there's a lot of people from old days, you know, early days that, you know, a lot of businesses running uh, Google ads, you know, using AdWords um, to run Google ads through search, right? Um, so I'm curious, when it comes to YouTube ads, like what about, you, you know, your niche? Does it work for any niche? What, what, like, yeah. I've said this a thousand times by now, but it's 2 billion active users per month. Like your audience is on there. You know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't matter who they are. They're on YouTube. It's just a matter of can you get in front of those people. And with all of this uh, mechanism that they give you for targeting, you can absolutely isolate specifically who you want to reach. So they're on there. Doesn't matter what business you're in. If you got something to sell, there are people who are on YouTube that's buying whatever you sell it. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that big. Um so yeah, but YouTube, like I, I use YouTube all the time. I'm always using it to learn things. I love searching on there. Um, so look, I think there's a massive opportunity. That's why we're excited to speak with you. Also partner with you as well to teach one of our newest programs. But let's talk about like Facebook ads, you know, versus YouTube ads. Cause you know, at Founder, we, we spend a lot of money on Facebook ads. Um, you know, we haven't cracked YouTube ads yet. We're excited to really get into it ourselves. Um, but I'm curious, you know, can you just take your Facebook ads if you're running them right now? Cause a lot of people are, a lot of people watching this, like, can you just take them and then just run them on YouTube ads? Does that work? You know, I try not to say things don't work cause like everything could work if you got, you know, the right pieces together, but, but I, I've seen it work, but it's just the, the probability is low. And typically the way I it's describe it is that when you're running Facebook ads, Instagram, you know, whatever, you know, you're getting, especially if you're running video, you also have the post area above the video that makes up your creative. So your creative is not just video. It's video plus whatever you're saying in your post area text combined together. So if you just are running video on Facebook, and you just stick that on YouTube, you lose the context of the post area, right? That's where I think a lot of people get it wrong at, and that's why I think the probability is a lot lower because you do got to somewhat modify, but the message is the message. If you got a good message that's working on your Facebook ads, very likely it's going to work on YouTube if you get the same audience targeting. You just got to modify it a, a, a tad bit to match the ecosystem in which you're trying to communicate. And with Facebook, you have image and text, or if you're running video, you got the video and post area text. That is your creative and it's not just the video. So you have to keep in mind that you gotta contextualize those both together to be able to deliver that same message effectively on YouTube. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear 
from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches, only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast, From Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. I'm curious, is it enough to just run, if you're, if you're a business uh, or you, you know, you're just starting a business, you want to start running ads, is it enough to just run ads on Facebook or do you believe you need to be diversifying? Because that's kind of what we're hearing in the community. That's what people are starting to say. I'd love to hear your take. I do recommend diversification, but I also, I mean, look, you know, we talk about YouTube, people know me for that, we're having this conversation, but I also like to level with people and be honest with them. If your business isn't making six figures yet, stick to one thing. Don't try to, you know, I see too many people, you know, spreading themselves thin before they get any real traction. If you haven't gotten traction in your business, you should not be trying to do multiple things because they are two different animals. I mean, that's just to be true. Um, they're not wildly different from each other, but they are two different animals and they take slightly different approaches. You know, 70, 80% of the stuff we do is the same thing we can do on Facebook, on YouTube, you know, but there is a 20 to 30% of it that's going to be slightly different for that platform. And so what happens is when you're, you're trying to get traction, you're spreading yourself out thin when reality is you should put all your focus in, you know, uh, uh, limit your focus, you know, until you get to a point where, you know, diversification. Typically, I say, you know, if your business is doing, you know, I would say a couple of six figures, two or 300K a year, you're primarily doing that through your Facebook ads, you should probably start thinking about diversification because you're probably getting some traction now. You know, you don't make a couple hundred grand a year just playing around. Like typically you found, you've hit on something to get to that level. So you're definitely on to something at that point. And you probably have something you can turn into, you know, a bigger business. So that's when the time really would be thinking about it. But on your way there, I would say pick one. You know, I know people that, you know, start with YouTube ads. You know, that's their thing. They love video. They are, they already, you know, kind of into the content creation mode and shooting video. So, you know, you can also start with YouTube ads, but I wouldn't recommend trying to do too many things until you get a bit of traction. Yeah, no, look, I respect that. Um, I'm curious, could you tell, like, just for the audience that are not familiar, like, what do you think the key differences are between Facebook and YouTube ads? I mentioned before that with Facebook, your creative message is a combination of, you know, the image and the text or the video and the text in your post. So that's a key distinction right there that when you're delivering a message to your audience, because that's what your creative is, in order to modify, in order to deliver the same message effectively, you don't have, you just have video. 
you don't you don't you don't have that other stuff right i think the other thing is that with youtube it's almost like uh an alley oop if you want to think about it right it's like the video is almost like the guy who's tossing the ball up you know if you will right your video want to be almost like an alley oop you're baking a bit more into your messaging in order to pull that off so that by the time they get to your landing page you know that's you know kind of where you bring it home now obviously if you have a high ticket high price product you're going to need multiple touch points i mean it's just what it is but if you're talking you know $200 or less i mean you can do a lot of damage you know right from your message to your landing page now once you get into 345 100,000 $2,000 five grand that type of stuff i know guys selling $25,000 stuff you know you're gonna need you're gonna need multiple touch points, or you're gonna need to get them on a phone call close type situation. But um, typically, we're trying to bake a lot more into that messaging, and your landing pages are actually a lot simpler versus with Facebook. You see a lot of long form sales letters, and you know you see a lot of you know that type of stuff. Whereas uh, you know because you're trying to deliver a message to get them to convert. Well, we just take a lot of that and we bake it into our video creative. It's kind of the way we think about it. So I think that's a key distinction. Um, and then I think the third key one would just be, you know, evaluating, isolating, you know, because it's a different behavior type. Someone's on Facebook, they're scrolling. So your focus is stop the scroll. Someone on YouTube, you know, 70% um, of searches on YouTube start with how to. So people are searching for information. So it's a different type of intent. So you got to evaluate them different. And it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, just to be honest, but you have to try to isolate them and separate them. If you're trying to compare apples to apples, behavior from Facebook and, and YouTube, you're probably just looking at your data all wrong. So that's another key point is just understanding the type of behavior from one versus the other, right? Even on Instagram, like they're scrolling, right? They're not, no one's logging on to Facebook. Well, maybe a few people are, but 98% of them, you know, you go to Facebook and you scroll the news feed. You go to Instagram, you scroll the news feed. But with YouTube, typically people are specifically looking for something when they go there. So that's a key, that's a key distinction. And if you don't understand that, I think, you know, you'll get trapped up trying to compare these things head to head in reality. Your, your prospect, and you can have the same exact person, right? One of them on Facebook, they're scrolling. They ain't in the mass. They're in a different mentality. They go over to YouTube, they're in a whole nother mentality, same person. So you just got to understand that and, and play to that, if you will. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I was just thinking about that. It's like, yeah, if I'm on Facebook, I'm thinking about something else. I'm looking at what friends are doing. I want to catch up family, like all that kind of stuff. I'm reading perhaps articles or looking like what's happening in the world, in my world or my curated world. And when I'm on YouTube, I'm there to learn. I'm, I'm there to be entertained, like all these kinds of things. And uh, yeah, the, the ad is more in your face. Facebook, you've got messages popping. You've got chat going. Like you've got all these other distractions. So you're just in a different mindset. Um well, look, I'm sure people want to know more around like, like you've spent a lot of money on YouTube ads. How much have you spent? Like, what would you say? I mean, I think it's about 30 million. 
you know, probably 35, closer to 40 now. I think 30 million is probably a number that I came up with maybe like, I don't know, a year or two ago. Because we probably, you know, my clients combined in the last 12 months and spent maybe about 20 million, but that's not just YouTube. That's a combination of things. And we don't manage all of that. But, um, you know, we, clients that we work with, they do give us a level of access to a lot of the other things because we're trying to kind of build a cohesive, you know, game plan, right? Uh, which is another key point. You should be able, your Facebook and your YouTube, especially if you hire an agency, they should probably talk to one another. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say maybe closer to 40 million now, but it's just kind of hard to keep I'm I'm terrible at tracking those things because I'm always thinking about the ahead, what's ahead of me and not looking back. But um conservatively, easy 30 million, probably closer to 40, maybe more than that. I, I don't know, but I just try not to overshoot, you know, what it really is. Cause I don't I really don't I really don't know. I haven't tracked it, you know, dollar for dollar throughout. I just don't really I'm always trying to like, what's the next level that I want to go to. So that ain't really my thing, but you know, people ask me that a lot. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's all good. I respect that. But it's safe to say you're spending like well over a million dollars a month on YouTube ads, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so sure. it's, it's yeah. a lot of money. So, so where I'm going with this is obviously, um, you know, everyone watching now, you've got some stuff to share around how do, how, like, what do you, what have you learned from all of that? And I'd love to for you to share around your C three formula, like you know, mm. like tell us more about that. The C three really is more of a, a, a overarching lesson that I learned just in this game. Ultimately, you know, your creative, your campaigns and conversions are the three key elements. Really, it doesn't you know matter where you buy an ass. Actually, um, you're gonna need the three of those things to be dialed in. It's what are you saying, who you saying it to, and uh, what are you selling at the end of the day, right? So your creative is, you know, what are you saying? You know, so your your campaigns is like, who do you want to say that to? That's where you create the targeting and all of the different things to get that message in front of the right people, right? And then conversions is when they see my ad and I get them to click on it and go to my website or my landing page, how do I get them to convert conversions, my funnel, my landing page, you know, get them into my world, if you will. And so those are kind of the three uh, buckets that we kind of break everything down in. And usually for us, we like to start with the end and work backwards. So it's first of all, it's like, what are you selling? Who do you want to sell it to? What do you need to say to them to get their attention to even be interested in, you know, that that's kind of how we work that, that system. Yeah, fascinating. So let's break that down a little more. Let's talk about creative. Um, so when it comes to creative for you, what makes a great YouTube ad from your perspective? So the key three, uh, hook, message, call to action, right? Hook, message, call to action. The hook is important because with YouTube, we're talking, you know, the majority of the type of ads we run today uh, so remember back, you know, a while back we were talking about Kevin and the strategy of uploading the video. So back then we were running something called, I think they called them in display 
Now it's called Discovery. YouTube Discovery Ads is what the technical name is today, but back then it was called In Display. And at that time, we ran probably 80%, 70-80% was that. Well, today we run in stream about 70-80%. That's basically you're watching a YouTube video, you're about to watch it, the ad pops up, and you got to wait five seconds to skip, right? That's the predominant type of YouTube ad that we run today. And in order to be effective at that type of ad, that's what I talk about, hook, message, call to action. Because you got five seconds to hook them, to get them to care about whatever you're talking about. And then you have the message component is the uh, from the hook to your call to action, like all of the things that you're going to say within that time frame. And then obviously your call to action, what do you want them to do as a result? So with call to action, you got to be very specific, right? Uh, if you want someone to register for a webinar or, you know, buy your product, if you know that you're going to send someone down a path of a series of questions, you're telling them that, you know? So one of the examples in uh, Legion, we tell them, fill out this one-minute form. Now, we use one minute, so that's because it can be a minute if they go ahead and do it, but it's letting them know when they get there, they're not just going to land on the page and, you know, whatever the case may be, right? So you're being more specific about the action that you want them to take. You have to really, you know, communicate that. The hook is really more about, to me, a targeting strategy of what are your people, what mindset are they in? What kind of content are they consuming? You know, are they on a watching some channel or, you know, are they consuming content about X or what are their interests? You know, so based on your targeting, your hook should be a, as relevant as you can to where they are already so that you can connect with them based on where their mindset at. That's really what a, a, a really strong hook is going to do. Well, they really do, do two things. They also open loops, which is another strategy you probably heard of before, but open loops. I like to use open loops. Uh, and we like to segment our audience based on, you know, where they may be at so that we can try to uh, create a hook that's uh, relevant to where they are now and then open a loop to keep them watching, right? Then that's when you kind of build the rest of the message out from there. And, you know, that those are kind of the key main elements. I don't, I don't know if you want to go deeper on that, but those are kind of the key things that, that, I, that I wanted to point out. Yeah, no, this is awesome, man. This is, this, you just like, yeah, this is awesome. Um, I'm curious, what do you mean by open loops? What are they? Like, how's that work? So i tell you why I learned it. This guy named Andre Chaperone, he had a product called Autoresponder Madness. And in that product, he taught us how to use what he called soap opera sequences. So if you ever watched the soap opera, at the end, they show you some stuff. Reality TV do a lot of this now, too. Well, like, at the end of the show, they show you the next show but they just really wet your beak. You know what I mean? Because it's like, man, I got to watch the next show. Another thing that do this very well is movie trailers, right? 
So a movie trailer is designed to open a bunch of loops to make you want to get up and get in your car, drive to the movie theater, stand in line, pay money, go stand in the line again, get a bunch of popcorn and all of this stuff, then go sit down, wait 30 minutes because they're going to put a bunch of things in front of you, then play the movie. Imagine that, right? So movie trailers are very powerful in this type of thing. So I usually like to give examples, right? So I could try to explain it and probably wouldn't do it justice, but you know, movie trailers, soap operas, different shows and stuff like that, like you'll see it all around you. It's everywhere. Yeah, no, that, that was a great example. I love that, man. Um, and look, we go through like all this stuff in way more depth in, in you know, our masterclass that we do together. So there'll be more info about this um, at wherever, you're, wherever you're listening, watching, there's more info about this below. But, um, okay, let's talk about metrics. Um, so how much do people need to be spending per day? Like, uh, you know, how can someone leverage YouTube ads uh, with, you know, $100 compared to $1,000, $10,000? Like, yeah, talk to us about metrics. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's subjective, right? Uh, you know, every person is running their own race. And so I, I, I uh, you know, I, I get caught up in that at times as well. And I have to remind myself, oh, I'm running my own race. I can't try to compare myself to. But, like, you can start with five or ten bucks a day. You know, you just have to understand that you're going to learn slower that way. The more you spend, the faster you're going to learn. And that's really the mindset that I would like most. Well, I don't think I'm going to ever get everyone to see it the way I see it. But, like, if, if possible, the thing I try to get people to understand is the mindset of learning. The more you spend, the faster you learn and the faster you get to success. But some people aren't, you know, they don't run as fast as other people. And that's okay. But just keep that in mind. So, you know, you can start with five, ten dollars a day, 20 bucks a day, you know, and then it kind of depends on what you're selling. So if you're selling a, something for a thousand dollars and you're spending 10 bucks a day, it's gonna take you a really long time to, you know, uh, learn. To get any amount of data, I mean, you know, that would take, what, 100 days at 10 bucks a day just to spend the price of what you're selling, right? It's, you know, but if you're selling a $50 widget, you know what I'm saying? You could start with 10 or 20 bucks a day and you could get some learnings pretty quick. You know, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, you, you'd have an idea of, you know, click-through rates, you know, what people, could I get a conversion? Um, you know, cause it's not about being profitable out of the gate. It's about learning. And then the faster you can learn, all we're doing ultimately is we learn as quickly as we can. We figure out what works. We figure out what don't. We stop doing what didn't. We keep doing what was, and we try to do more of that. And we just iterate through that process over and over again. So it's not, you know, I mean, you don't have to have a crazy large, but I mean, even our big budget clients, they don't come to us out of the gate and we spend five grand a day. It don't really work like that. Most of the time, we're starting out at a couple hundred dollars a day and then we build it till we can scale it up to five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars a day. But that's not where we start. Yeah, love it. That, love, love, love that breakdown and, and this idea of learning um, because I think sometimes people are just like, oh, I'll spend some money. And I'm going to make all this money back. And like, yeah, it's, 
it takes time, right? So let's talk about um, margins, unit economics, um, because I think that's really important as well. What kind of margins, what kind of ROAS or return on ad spend should you be aiming for with the YouTube play? Uh, the way I see it is every successful business that I've ever seen has some things in common, but one of them is they get a customer and then they sell them more stuff. And I feel like a lot of times in our industry, everyone's trying to make money the first time they, you know, get a customer. And it's like, imagine meeting a girl for the first time and, you know, you want to immediately go from meeting to having a baby, being married and the whole nine, like out the gate, like it don't work like that. You know what I mean? So, so I'm a big proponent of people understanding more about what they can pay to acquire a customer based on the fact that they know they're going to sell them more stuff is what I like, you know, for people to look at. And, it, and in that, that's when you start getting into the margins. That's when you start looking at how much revenue am I going to make and what is it going to cost me to deliver on the promise that I made. So I want to be clear about that, right? Because when you're looking at traffic, your margin should be everything it took to deliver on the promise that you made. So if somebody bought a $100 thing from you, what does it cost for me to put that in their hand if you're doing physical products, right? If you're doing a digital product, you got to look at, you know, what does it cost to put it in their hand? You know, what is, how much my merchant fees are going to cost me? What's my typical refund chargeback rate? You know, what is my manufacturing cost if you're doing physical product? You have to take all of that stuff into consideration and get some idea of if I collect $100, what's actually left? And then that's going to start dictating how much you should pay, right? But if you understand that you can sell more things to people, I think, you know, the mindset is different for what you can pay, what you think you can pay now versus what you really can pay. But the first step you do got to do is you got to look at how, am I gonna, how much money am I going to make when I sell this, right, top line revenue, and how much is it going to cost me to deliver on my promise, right? So if it's a promise that I'm going to put something in the mail to you, or a promise you're going to be able to log into this thing or download something or whatever it is, you have to think about all of the things that you got to do to deliver on that because that's what your true margin is, is what's left over when it's all said and done. Um, so that's really how I, I try to get people to think about the margin. And then from there, I can start walking you into, well, what can I actually pay? Because maybe I got 50 bucks left out of this. Could I pay $50? Well, technically, then you'd break even, right? You'd collect $100. You'd, you'd, you'd spend $50 to deliver your promise. You spent $50 getting them. You didn't make anything. Well, I mean, did you? Or did you? Well, if you didn't make anything, can you sell them something else? Because now when you sell that customer something else in the future, you don't got to pay for that customer again. You already did that. So now you all profit, right? So it's just a mindset shift. Um, to, 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 to have, but uh, margin, true margin is what I call it, is everything that it takes to deliver the promise you made when you took somebody's money. Yeah, no, man, that was gold. I love it. 
uh, because yeah, there's levels to this, right? Yes. There's levels and the companies like your organifiers who you work with and you help them scale tremendously, um, you know, the reason that they were, one of the reasons they're able to is because they, they could spend a lot of money. Like um, Ryan Dice uh, always says that uh, the, the person or the company that can spend the most wins to acquire a customer. So true, man. I learned that lesson. Uh, actually, a Russian guy taught me that lesson. 2012, we were spending about 70 grand a day. And I was spending 70 grand a day on Google Display. When I took over their account, they were spending about five grand a day. And they wanted to scale that. And I think the most at that time, maybe I spent like 12000 in a day. But when they told me their CPA, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm about to oh, because they was doing a $7.95 free trial and they were paying a hundred bucks. And for the life of me, I couldn't understand how they do how they doing that. You know, and that's how I learned the lesson of you know whoever can spend the most wins because you know that's just what I was doing. Like these guys were probably spending 200 to 200 k a day. Um, but we were spending, we scaled from five grand a day to seventy thousand. Because of that, and I learned that lesson. That's the first time I'd ever had anything even remotely close to that. And it really blew my mind because I couldn't understand. How are you spending $100 in y'all? So then I understood funnels and upsells and rebuilds and all of these things that they were doing. And so when he basically ran the math, because I'm, you know, math. And it's like, this math doesn't make sense. You got to make this math work. I mean, you don't have to make it work. I just keep spending your money, but I'm just curious. And, uh, you know, he started explaining to me what they were doing, but he still left some stuff out. So, you know, I went through the process myself, and that's what I learned, man. I got, like, a crazy lesson in that because these guys had upsells and cross-sells and rebuilds and all of these things. Then they were promoting affiliate offers as well. So their customer value was probably four or $500 maybe. And so they could pay 100 because they knew their numbers. That's how I actually learned that 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 uh, that lesson. So when I hear people say that, I always think about that situation because it's like it's so true. I, 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 that's how I learned that lesson working with somebody who who was doing something like that. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Thanks for sharing, yeah, well, crazy. Look, yeah. dude. We could talk about this all day. Um, you know, we're really excited to work with you uh, to create this incredible program on how to successfully run YouTube ads on the founder platform. Um, but look, we'll work towards wrapping up. We've got a hot seat round. So we're going to yes. ask you a few okay. questions, 30 seconds. Gotcha. So the first question I have is what's a brand that people should be studying right now that are producing amazing videos uh, when it comes to YouTube ads? Grammarly. That's easy. What's one trait every single entrepreneur needs to be successful? Resilience. What's one thing you wish people knew about YouTube ads? How powerful it is. I mean, it's, I think it's the most powerful advertising medium on the planet, but obviously I'm biased. So. What excites you the most about the future of YouTube advertising? More uh, adoption, uh, more, uh, you know, like the whole world isn't, even connected to the internet. Uh, so just the fact that, you know, there's 7 billion people on the planet and we still got a ways to go to get people uh, connected uh, globally. 
so that they can be able to access it. Um, that's exciting. Super exciting. Yeah, love it. Um, if you could have dinner with any entrepreneur, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I would probably say Steve Jobs. I'd probably say Steve Jobs. I got so many Apple products in my house. How you get me to do that? <laughs> why? I got so many freaking Apple products in my house. It's like, how? How? Like, what were you thinking? You know what I'm saying? To create this phenomenon of what we, you know, it's just, I, I, I would want to know how, how he thought about product development and just getting people to adopt this product and be, you know, uh, loyal. Mm. Yeah, no, it's incredible. If you think about like, I'd love to know the customer lifetime value of you and I for, for I would Apple. Act, I would probably ask something like that too. You know like it would be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. It gotta like, be, bro. Yeah, like, like It gotta be. Like, yeah, if you think of like all that, like team members, like insane amount of equipment. Be. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, look, man, we will wrap there. Thank you so much for your time. This was incredible. Uh, I, we only just scratched the surface with you. There's so much more, but uh, we're so thankful to be working with you and for you to give back to our platform and to our community. So thank you so much, man. Thanks so much. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in-depth on teaching a particular topic and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.